Welcome to Chart Life Podcast. I am thrilled to kick off our four-part series on burnout recovery. In each episode, we'll dive deep into the topic of burnout, provide invaluable insights and resources to help you overcome. Whether you're a healthcare professional or a nurse, this series is for you. So get ready to find practical solutions and regain your well-being. Stay tuned for the first episode coming up next. Welcome, health professionals, to Chart Life Podcast, where it's all about you. Your stories of challenges and triumphs with news and resources just for you. I'm your host, Chantel Howard. Thanks for joining me. Welcome back to Chart Life Podcast. The pandemic may be declared as officially over, but its impact is still felt by many of us in different ways. As healthcare professionals, we face uncertainty, high levels of stress and trauma during this time. Our guest speaker today is no stranger to these things and will share her experience in ways to help nurses improve their well-being and reduce stress. Let's get started. Today, we are excited to have Nicole Johnson, BSN, RN, CCRN, as our guest speaker. Nicole is a critical care nurse with almost 15 years of experience based in Seattle and the founder of Unwound Retreats, a company that provides resources, events, and retreats for nurses by nurses. She's also the host of the successful nursing podcast, Found Out. Nicole's passion is to create a space for nurses to share authentically and find community, holding a space for them to be themselves. She's certified in the Foundations of Happiness at Work through the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley and has taken a course on mindful-based stress reduction at Mindfulness Northwest. Nicole creates community events and retreats that offer a time for nurses to come together feel restored and rejuvenated, and maybe feel a little excited about the world. Today, Nicole is here to discuss ways to improve well-being and reduce stress for healthcare workers, teach us how to get engaged in our work, and share her experience living and working through the pandemic as an ICU nurse. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Gosh, I'm just so grateful to be here, Chantel. The pandemic affected everyone in a different way. Will you share what that experience was like for you working through the pandemic as an ICU nurse and maybe some of the things that you learned through that experience? The first thing that came up for me was fear. You know, Seattle was the first place that actually cared for patients with COVID. So it wasn't at my hospital, but it was coming. So I remember just having this feeling of like, um, I know it's going to be my time to care for patients. Like, and I, and frankly, I was oddly like relieved when they finally showed up, you know, when we had our first patient, because I was like, finally, finally, we can face this thing. It was a time of great uncertainty, but full of mixed emotions. Like I remember feeling happy in a way that I was going to work and seeing people because like for some people they were so isolated and alone but then there was fear at work hyper vigilant with you know my PPE and um my coworkers and I mean I rem- remember we started off receiving the first covid patients and then we we had our own 
COVID ICU, like the surgical unit shut down and became the COVID ICU. So that was off my unit. But I remember floating down there, high-fived like a nurse. You know, it was like a barehanded high-five and I hadn't touched anybody physically outside my husband like that. We were just being so careful. And I remember being like, oh my God, like what, what did I just do? There was just a lot of fear, you know, coming home and making sure that I, did I scrub myself good enough? Was I, was I clean enough? Was I going to give this, you know, disease to my husband? And eventually, you know, things became more normal. I mean, the COVID ICU there was maybe only open for like two and a half months. And then every, our unit started receiving all the COVID patients and then they were sort of split up. Like there wasn't a COVID ICU anymore. So it was a regular thing. And so we became accustomed to how to care for COVID patients. Um, it was just, I'm, this is very bleak, but there were, there was just a lot of sadness because these patients couldn't have their loved ones visit them. And we had to be, you know, outside of the COVID patients, like COVID patients couldn't have visitors. And can you can you imagine like being stuck in the hospital for three weeks a month, so sick and not knowing if you're going to live or die? It was really hard for patients. It was really hard for nurses. And it was also, we, we had to limit the visitors for people who were there but didn't have COVID. And so there was just a ton of distress around telling patients family members that they couldn't come. And, um, so it was a very, it was, I mean, yeah, it was a very stressful time to work, but you know, I also remember getting the vaccine and being just so happy and overjoyed that I, that I was going to be okay. And maybe I wouldn't die if I got it. And maybe we could get ahead of the pandemic and, and it could be over. And of course, you know, we had different, <laughs> different waves of COVID and it never was over. And maybe now it's over sort of, but, um, it was just, it was a lot and, you know, a lot of suffering and, um, tragic, tragic things, uh, that only, you know, if you were in that space, you know, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a tough time. It was also new. There wasn't, you know, a book on it ahead of time where it tells you, okay, if we were all trying to figure it out as we go. And then, you know, like you said, the element of fear and then working in that environment where you're used to, you know, at least having visitors come in and things like that. Like it was just, yeah, all so new, so different, so foreign, so scary. Yeah. And it, you know, you've alluded to it too in the beginning of the intro, but like it's left a mark on our workforce, like forever. I don't know mm -hmm. if any of our listeners are familiar with Nicole's unwound retreats, but every time I see you post on there, it looks amazing. I think last that I saw you guys are maybe planning a trip to Morocco. Yep. Yep. Um, but it just looks like such a nice time for nurses to get together, to connect, to rejuvenate and literally just like live, you know, yeah. share a little bit about unwound retreat. I don't know if you remember around like 2018, 2019 burnout was like the buzzword. Everyone was talking about burnout and nursing pre pandemic. We still are. <laughs> I know we are, <laughs> but it was like, it was, but I remember thinking I would really like to 
create a space for nurses to come together and actually do some self-care together, like with diff different modalities, maybe meditation, breath work, yoga, journaling, maybe have some community. And there wasn't anything like that in my area. Um, and so I decided to start hosting these small events here in Seattle. And then um, I expanded to uh, international retreats. Um, and so, and that's sort of a longer length of time. It's all very intentional, like the programming for Morocco, for example, there's definitely an, a cultural immersive piece to that, as well as uh, time to sleep, time to, you know, eat rest, time to eat well and practice yoga, meditation, journaling, learn, because I offer continuing education. Um, so it's, uh, it's like slow travel a little bit. It's not like a breakneck pace. You know, we spend like the Morocco program, we spend three nights in Marrakesh and then we go to like one night to the desert. It's like a glamping experience, but that's just like restorative, you know, and then we go to the coast in Essaouira and, um, you know, see the sites, the markets and, um, but also, you know, make sure that we have, um, restorative practices and time for lecture and community. So I'm still a little teeny baby business, but I did just have my second or my, I had my first retreat in Morocco, in Mexico in March. Um, so right now I'm doing Mexico and Morocco and would like to expand to other places. But my dream is that hospitals would pay their nurses or healthcare or other healthcare professionals to attend these retreats or um, where they can actually have some time for restoration and, and rejuvenation. Mm -hmm. As a nurse, I constantly feel like I'm always on the clock and I never have time to just kick back and enjoy the great outdoors. If you can relate, join us for our off-duty series for health professionals, brought to you by Chartlife LLC. We're heading to Johns Island County Park in Charleston, South Carolina on June 13th and 27th at 5.30 p.m. And we'll have energy bars, sorbet, and bottled water for you. Research shows that spending time in nature can lead to improvements in anxiety, depression, and blood pressure. So grab your walking shoes and let's hit the trails for a short hike. Connect with nature and fellow health professionals, and let's relax, rejuvenate, and prioritize our well-being together. This is a free event for health professionals, but there is a $2 park entry fee. Spots are limited, so sign up now using our event calendar at chartlife.com. That's life with a Y. Can't wait to see you there. I think your unwound retreat is definitely one way to help us reduce our stress. Yes. But you're also certified in, let me get this right, the Foundations of Happiness at Work. And you have taken a course on mindful-based stress reduction. Mm -hmm. Can you share maybe some insights from your training on how nurses can improve their well-being and help to reduce stress? Yeah, definitely. Um, I speak a lot about sort of three modalities to reduce stress and make, maybe improve your happiness. And those are gratitude, 
mindfulness and self-compassion. Now gratitude, it's like a one, it's one practice that can actually increase your happiness set point. Like we're, we're wired to look for the negative because we need to make sure we remember where the lions and the tigers are so we don't get eaten. But gratitude, having a gratitude practice like rewires your brain to look for the good. And it's also been studied and shown that people who practice gratitude have decreased stress and anxiety. So that's like a simple practice. Um, and that's, you know, you can do it anywhere. Um, mindfulness has been meditation. It's been studied or it's been practiced for thousands of years. And there's a lot of robust research around how a meditation practice can actually shrink your amygdala. So, um, yeah, there was a study that was done where participants for eight weeks, um, incorporated like a 20 minute meditation practice daily and they did brain MRI scans like pre and post and they showed actual like shrinkage of the amygdala and that's where all of your stress and anxiety comes from and they equated this level of reduced stress and increased happiness and overall well-being to like the same as if they had been on an SSRI for eight weeks so there really are some robust um benefits from having a meditation practice. Um, and then self-compassion. I don't know if you've heard of self-compassion. There's this Dr. Kristen Neff. She's done, um, has a large body of work and research on this idea of self-compassion. Her website's self-compassion.org. But basically self-compassion is this practice of, um, being like compassionate to yourself, like treating yourself like you would like your own best friend. And it incorporates three different components. One is mindfulness. Like you need to be able to be aware of what's happening in your, with your inner dialogue to even like, um, to be able to combat it. So one is just being able to understand like what's happening in your brain. What are you telling yourself to it's, um, the second part of self-compassion is common humanity and that's remembering that if you're having a hard time like this is going to sound very buddha but life is suffering people everybody experiences suffering at some time and so it sort of takes you out of this isolation feeling when you're having a hard time of like no one and then the third part of self-compassion is just like the practice of giving yourself kindness and maybe putting a hand on your heart and releasing oxytocin but this practice of self-compassion can also reduce stress and um, improve your overall well-being. So those are sort of three components that I talk about. I would say there's a lot of things that nurses could do um, in regards to work, like um, having a really good pre-shift and post-shift ritual. So that might be that might look like a really good morning routine or not picking up your phone first thing. Maybe it incorporates, you know, maybe you do some meditation or gratitude, maybe move your body a little bit. Um, just sort of making sure to fill up your cup, because as we know, when you get to work, you might hit the ground running. And so it's sort of bolstering your your cup from which you pulleth exactly. <laughs> throughout the day right. and then. And then the, you know, having a good post shift reflection, um, or ritual 
Diana Page with Catalyst for Self-Care. She has some really good um, practices around post-shift reflections, but it could look like creating a transition practice between being done with work and coming home. Is that listening to a podcast? Is it running, driving home in silence? Is it focusing on what you did well that day? Is it um, taking a walk for 15 minutes when you get home? You know, something that sort of just allows you time to move from work to home. On the job also, you know, you can do breathing exercises to, to deactivate your sympathetic nervous system. Maybe you could do boxed breathing, which is like inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four. So that helps just activate the parasympathetic nervous system. Um, and yeah, and then, and then of course you can... How do you metabolize stress at work? Well, if you experience a tough situation, you could do a debrief, right? Like there's a lot of importance around doing debriefs, like right after a traumatic event. There's a lot of benefit to nurses if and healthcare providers when they are able to debrief. So, so gratitude, mindfulness, and self-compassion. In one of my recent courses that they implement was the whole gratitude aspect of it. And literally, you had an accountability partner. We got together every single day, five days a week. We would get together and we would talk and we would ask each other a set of questions. And one of it consisted of, you know, what are you grateful for today? And man, that just, it really does make a huge difference. It forces you to, you know, just kind of change your focus on, you know, the negative things and see what's still good very, very beneficial. And I think a lot of times we do a lot of, you know, maybe pre-shift things, but post-shift, I know a lot of times I still have anxiety, you know, like, oh my yeah. goodness, did I do that right? Or, you oh, know, yeah. whatever it is that you're still carrying on from your shift. So absolutely post-shift ritual is just as important as a pre-shift. Yeah. And I, I would just add to that, like, in that post-shift time, I know we often feel that, like, did I forget this? Did I do this right? Like, did What if I left this tubing that needed to be changed for, whatever, who knows, you know, or the dressing or something, and you can just offer yourself self-compassion. Like, it's a 24-hour job. I did my best with the resources that I had. You know, I... In your experience as a critical care nurse, working through the pandemic, hosting, you know, these space, these safe spaces for nurses as well. How important is it for nurses to have a supportive community and just have that space where we can vocalize our experiences and our challenges and things like that? Oh, I think it's so important. Like I, I said before, if you're not in the work, it, it's really hard for other people to understand it and to understand, you know, sort of your experiences. And it is important to be able to share authentically um, with others. And nurses, you know, you get a you get a bunch of nurses together, and they want to talk. They they want to talk, and maybe it's some of it is you know swapping stories, which can be really fun and therapeutic. And some of it is like, man, I had the toughest shift the other day. And if you get together with nurses, they'll understand you. Um, you know, and it's, I think it's really healing. Um, there are some formal ways, you know, there are peer support programs, um, like 
but like there are peer support groups that I know of like through don'tclockout.org um, where that's a great place to just go and talk and have it be facilitated by someone who's been trained and you get this time to talk about this world. We see some really strange things, right? And experience some really bizarre and traumatic things. To be honest, we're not prepared for it in nursing school. I don't think we're really prepared for it on the job either, other than to experience it. And I think things were changing. Like when I came up as a nurse, we, we just did a lot of what I'd call pushing it down. You know, like if there was something really awful, we just push it down and not talk about it. But I think people are doing a, a better job. I think work places are doing a little bit better of a job. So yeah, some of the things that the nurses have gone on the, my retreats have said is that they just really appreciate that time to be together and to talk. Because um, some, some people, you know, their partners don't want to listen to them, you know, they don't, right. they're grossed out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> my right. poor husband, he's not medical or in healthcare or anything like that. And I know it would overwhelm him a lot of times too, when I would try to, you know, for lack of a better word, dump on him. But yeah. in my experience, what I found a lot of times is people just need that space to be heard. You know, mm -hmm. like a lot of times they're not even looking for advice or anything like that. Right. And I think that's a huge part of the healing process. Being able to just get that out is, you know, works wonders in and of itself, especially with people that have been there, done that, and who can relate to you for sure. Mm -hmm. Thinking back to my experience in healthcare, I started nursing about nine years ago, and I am always so frustrated, honestly, angry a little bit too, of the lack of resources that is offered to us. You touched on that a little bit too, you know, even in nursing school, I was not prepared for half of the things that I faced. The on-the-job training that you receive, you know, through residency or whatever you go through, a lot of times it does not cover, you know, like maybe self-care, wellness, um, things death, or death and dying. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. You know, I was actually fortunate enough to take a death and dying course in college, completely unrelated to, um, wow. nursing. I took it on my own. And I had a phenomenal teacher, but we just, there's such a lack of resources. I think what role do you feel that healthcare organizations have in helping to reduce, you know, burnout and help nurses with, you know, their well-being. Hospitals need to start making nurses' jobs easier, a thousand percent. They, for years, they've just been adding things to our list to do because, and honestly, we just need to pull back. And I don't, I mean, is it like staff up, staff up and make the loads a little lighter so that it, patient nurses aren't drowning at work all the time like th th there are ways and it does cost money they've got <laughs> it if they want to invest in their workforce that is dying i believe we're in recovery mode like we're just starting to be in this we're doggy paddling right now i know <laughs> so just give us a break give us a goddamn break Make, Send us make, to an unwound retreat. <laughs> exactly. But li literally, you said it. 
they have money, so they need to staff up and make nurses nurses loads. If you're a nurse, you know firsthand the toll that your work can take on your mental health. But have you heard about Debrief in the Frontlines? The only national nurse-led mental health organization that provides debriefing sessions to nurses. Debriefing the Frontlines offers psychological first aid, sustained emotional wellness programs, and continuing education to nurses across all specialties. Their mission is to support nurses' mental health and help them process the stress and trauma they face on the job. As a nurse, you give your all to your patients day in and day out. Now, it's time to give back to you. Easier. Debrief in the Frontlines is here to support you on your journey. Visit their website today at debriefinthefrontlinesinc.org or find them at chartlife.com. That's life with a Y. I think they should have like a, a therapist on site. Oh, absolutely. For yeah. at least... I mean, if there's all kinds of traumatic things happening all the time and, you know, people need like emotional first aid in the moment. Right. And I do also think that nurses and other healthcare providers, if they've had a really tough shift, they should be sent home. Like, don't expect them. I mean, and honestly, like, listen, I've been there. I've been a charge nurse. I've had to give nurses assignments after you know, I've tried to be as generous as I can be. I've tried to be empathetic and like, are you okay? And do you need a break? And do you have to, you know, like, is this like, how are you doing? And if I could did all do it, um, especially if it was bad, I would try to get my boss to let me send someone home. And I think in times we have been able to do that here and there, accept and understand. We see and experience a lot of suffering and give us the emotional support to be able to do the work therapist on. Um, and again, I do think that they should be paid to come to my retreat or other sort of events where they, where the agenda isn't like you got to do 40 CEs. It's like, no, just relax. Just go relax. I'm sure you saw the football player who dropped on the field and everyone had to do CP or, you know, whatever they resuscitated him on the field. Yeah. Yeah. And it brought up into the public's awareness, like, wow, that was so traumatic to see that. But yet this is an experience that we have all the time and we have to keep going. Basic things like if they don't have a debriefing, debriefing in their culture, I think they should add a debriefing program. I think they should offer a peer support program. I think there are the tenants of AACN with the healthy work environment. I mean, Hospitals should try to be the best organization and they should compensate nurses accordingly also. Um, yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, in all of those. Yeah, there's a lot. And I don't think we fully understand how this is going to play out in the future. I mean, I mean, you see all the strikes happening constantly and a lot of them are in the area of pay equity but also they're trying to advocate for safer conditions and Uh for a lot of these things that you're touching on but my story isn't unique i know a lot of nurses who probably you know have experienced that too have gone through a lot of traumatic experiences they've got a lot of work to do they do (laughs) they do 
Yeah. And we need to hold them accountable. Absolutely. I think that's, you know, one of the only ways that it will get done. Nicole, will you give us the best health advice you have? Mind, body, spirit, uh, and or emotion. I, when I think about mind or in this place of overconsumption, but we're, we're in a place of just consuming, consuming, consuming. I would say, think about what it is you're consuming and what the benefit is for you. If you're scrolling on your phone, you're just sort of consuming all this random information and it's also stimulation overload. Maybe it's nice to just take a break from that. For your mind, I think a meditative practice, you can start small. And, you know, it's just really good for creating stillness. When you do consume things, maybe try to consume something that fills you up, like reading a good book or something of sustenance that is nurturing. Body, I think about sleep, I think about movement and nutrition. You know, I'm not certified in anything other than I took a certification course in happiness at work, right? But like, I'm not a, like a nutritionist or um, trying to eat well, drink a lot of water. And if you're having trouble sleeping, try to create a really good sleeping regimen. And then soul, I think it's really important on your days off to fill your time with things that bring you great joy. Well, you know, maybe it's like planning a trip or going or going on a trip, or it's having like nurturing those friendships that are like so wonderful or your you know, spending time with friends or whatever that is life giving for you. Thank you. Thank you. All very good practical advice. And just really be mindful about the things that you're consuming because, you know, like you don't always have control over that when you're scrolling. Anything can come up. It's good, true. Bad, yeah. Whatever. And really being self aware and, you know, practicing mindfulness so you can fill mm -hmm. your cup back up with those things like you said that bring you joy you know whatever that looks like for you if you're struggling out there if you're really having a tough time reach out to your to a therapist you have you know um it, it's no surprise that the pandemic negatively affected our collective mental health right um as nurses as healthcare workers um so it's really important to take care of your mental health so if you're struggling see you know find a mental health counselor a lot of times people have free sessions with their employee assistance programs there are support groups that we talked about like debriefing the front line is a great place to go if you need some debriefing um don'tclockout.org has peer support programs it, you know there's suicide prevention hotlines and crisis lines. So if you're struggling, get help. Maybe if you're really struggling, you needed to go on a mental health leave. Maybe you need to take a leave of absence from work, you know? Um, but say it all the time. You have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of anybody else. So your mental health is super important and it should be a priority. Um, you're not alone if you're struggling out there. Okay. So Nicole, thank you so very much for being a part of the show. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. 
Thank yeah. you for sharing your experience through the pandemic with us. Thank you for your foresight in unwound retreats, just creating that safe space for nurses to just kind of rejuvenate and just to connect and um, have that opportunity. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to listen. And if you would like to keep up with Nicole and Unwound Retreats, here's how you can do that. So you can follow me on Instagram at Unwound Retreats for Nurses or NicoleJohnson.rn. Those are both like at Unwound Retreats for Nurses and then at NicoleJohnson.rn. You can go to my website, www.unwoundretreats.com and see what's going on over there. You can subscribe to my email list where I send out, you know, some resources and then information about upcoming events and retreats. So awesome. Thank you so much, Nicole. And thank you all for tuning in to Chart Life Podcast. I will see you again, same time and same place every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Thanks for tuning in to Chart Life Podcast. That's life with a Y. New episodes are available every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you soon.